Hi, this is Dan Ellis, book writer for the Musical 13, and you are listening to Musical World. Hi, I'm Dave Hudson. Hi, I'm Lauren Kennedy. I'm Jordan Mann. Jeff Thompson. Hi, I'm Adam Guan. This is Sean McLean Bankson. And Abigail Nesson Bankson. This is Mel Atke. Hi, I'm Ryan Cunningham. I'm Joshua Salzman. This is Masi Asari. This is Brooke Pierce. Hi, I'm Susan Blackwell. Hi, this is Pat Burns. I'm Noel Cat. Hi, this is Brad Hellhoven. Hey, this is Julia Murney. This is the cast of 20-something. And you're listening to Musical World. Stephen Cole, the mayor of Musical World, who has been to the Middle East and done musicals. <laughs> it's time to listen to Musical World. Before, but um, Dan, the the first time I came to know who you were was uh, your work with Jason Robert Brown on Thirteen. Uh, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you became involved in that project and. And um, and and I hear there might be some new news on that project. Yeah. Um, well, I'm. You know, I came to New York actually um, after college. I wanted to write music myself, and I uh, this is years ago. But I kind of went in another direction with my career. I uh, started writing children's novels, and that in fiction, and that kind of went better, frankly. But I still really wanted to do musicals. I wrote some kids' musicals, and long story short, I'd always heard of who this Jason Robert Brown guy was in the 90s. Uh-huh. So there was this really talented guy in town named Jason Robert Brown. So I went to see uh, the last five years when it was in New York the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember what dragged my wife. She didn't really like musicals, but we uh, we sat in the first row, and we were both, like, blown away by it. it we, we, I mean, I loved it. And I liked it so much that I went, and I was curious about this Jason Robert Brown character was that I went to see him give a talk and I think I even had to pay 20 bucks to, for the honor of hearing him give a talk but I was just really curious and in that he was really charming and you know funny and uh, very glib very talkative and he was saying the last five years as you probably know uh, you know it's this great show it's done all over the world there was a movie of it but it only lasted two months in New York mm-hmm. so um he was kind of uh, bitter about that, humorously bitter about it, and saying, I don't know what I should do next. Maybe I should just write a musical of dancing teenagers, because Footloose was in New York then, and he was like, you know, I think probably this, that Footloose was a hit in the last five years, which is so good. And he kept saying, well, lo and behold, this is totally fortuitous, because um, back to my children's writing, uh, my books are more like novels, and the most recent book I just had come out was for like about two eighth grade boys in New York and it's one of my better books and it's called Born Too Short and I just had this idea that maybe Jason and I could work together and even though New York's a big place it's kind of a small world if you've been here for a while and I knew some people who knew him and long story short it took me a while to get my guts up but I uh, asked this friend if she dropped Jason a copy of my book and she said sure and I wrote him a funny letter saying you and I, I think, could write the great dancing teenager musical. <laughs> and um, and um, I guess he was charmed by this letter. And he, to my surprise, he read the book, which thrilled me. You know, I got an email back from him like in 
two or three weeks, which is pretty fast, saying, you know, I'm reading your book and I'm enjoying it. Give me a chance to finish it, then let's meet. And then he, uh, we met. You know, he was doing, um, he was playing piano and had written some music for Urban Cowboy, the musical. And it was, uh, I remember it was the yeah. spring of 03. Mm-hmm. And um, I, we met and he said, you know, I really like Born Too Short, but I don't think Born Too Short would be a good musical, but I do have this idea called 13. And he had a, from his point of view, like in the late 90s, he had very briefly developed this idea as a TV show for Scholastic or something. And he, what he showed me was like less than a page. It was, uh, you know, about a kid, Evan Goldman, who uh, parents get divorced and has to have his bar mitzvah in Indiana, mm-hmm. and that was about it. Mm-hmm. And the names of the main characters, but that was it. And then um, he asked if I'd want to work on it with him, and I said, yes, absolutely. And um, then, you know, then it took years, and um, and that's, anyway, that's maybe a long answer, but that's how we met. <laughs> so it was kind of a fortuitous thing, and... Um, yeah, it was great. It was great for me because I wanted to do musicals and kind of get back into it. And obviously, it's pretty great entree to work with him. So, right, and that was a great way to do that. Very cool. So, is the um, where, yeah. where, where, certainly the show's available for licensing, but are, I I had heard that there were plans for a film adaptation. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, that's another part of your question. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's you know, it. Long story short, the show did really well in L.A. when it premiered there. Then it came to New York. It uh, did not do that well. You know, Jason is, I think he's like the most talented guy in town, if we're one of them anyway. And mm-hmm. his shows, they're done really, they're done all over the place. People love his work, but they don't catch him in New York the way they should. I'm not right. a weird mystery. But um, anyway, that happened with 13 and for whatever reason. And uh, and then it kind of disappeared. And then it started to licensed a lot. And so that's great. And then like out of the blue, I guess about a year ago, you know, with after no, he was being licensed a lot. Two movie places out of the blue, like the same week, were interested in it. <laughs> Very strange, but exciting. <laughs> anyway, we picked one. You know, I'm uh, obviously I. So, so yes, the rights have been optioned by a producer named Lawrence Mark, who I think did uh, Jerry Maguire and um, Dreamgirls, among many other movies, okay. and. It, being developed, you know, so fingers crossed, hopefully, you know, he's hired a screenwriter and, uh, which is great. Uh, you know, he's, he's, there's somebody new taking the script and from the musical and turning it into a movie. And uh, right. I just have to sit back and hope it gets done. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But that's the stage it's in. But the guy, he seemed very serious about it. You know, he, he did option it and <laughs> hired lawyers to do the whole thing. So I right. assume he's serious. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, so it's really exciting and out of left field. So, yeah, that is exciting. Cool. Anyway. We'll be keeping an eye out for that. Heck yeah. So, so, yeah, thanks. I hope it's it's cool. It's obviously very cool. Uh, I understand that you are, um, well, at least your work, and hopefully you as well, are going to make an appearance in our neck of the woods here in Dayton uh, yeah, yeah, this summer. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, it's... Um, Oh God, this is so embarrassing. Edit this out, but I'm, I'm spacing the name of the theater. I, uh, <laughs> Human, Human rights. rights. Yeah. Human rights theater. Yeah, yeah. I was having a senior moment. I'm not quite oh. a senior yet, but uh, I'm not. <laughs> I, but I, I officially uh, am, and it happens. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Well, then, thank you for filling that in. The thing is that I'm excited about it, but I haven't, um, you know, I haven't met anybody out there yet. You know, mm-hmm. there. This is just. I knew it was happening, but you know, it's. Um, 
Yeah, so this show, uh, should I talk about this show? Absolutely, a bit? yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, um, so after 13, I thought, you know, I still want to write musicals. And I, the main thing I've been working on that actually seems to be going someplace in a really good way, it's um, I've written a, an adult, I just say adult novel that makes it sound pornographic or something, but just <laughs> most because I've written a lot of children's novels. I've written two adult novels. One of them is called Nine Wives, which is about kind of this charmingly Walter Mitty-ish, hapless New York City guy kind of looking for the right woman, kind of a relationshipy musical, but hopefully, you know, original and fun. And um, I approached the composer, an old friend with Doug Cohen, who's written a lot of things. He's won a ton of awards um, um, for many things, like The Gig and No Way to Treat a Lady and other shows. Anyway, so we started working on this, and, you know, musicals just take forever to develop, and um, we, the show had different workshops. We were at Goodspeed Opera for a workshop a few years ago, and long story short, it got its first production last summer in Connecticut at uh, Sharon Triarch's you right, yeah. And it went really well, and that was called a developmental production, meaning that it wasn't reviewed. Right. And um, we had two producers attached to it, and uh, the next goal was to get a bigger, like a big regional theater to do, like the world premiere, and that's happening next January at the Lyric Theater in Oklahoma City. So we're oh, very good. excited yeah. about that. But then what's really exciting is that um, Human Race came in and our one of our producers knows um, the head of it and hooked us up to come there and be able to work on it a little more with the fellow who's directing it in Oklahoma. So yes, uh, it's a long way of saying we'll be in Dayton and uh, we're very, very psyched and it sounds great. Um, you know, I realized that maybe I'm such a New Yorker, this is so embarrassing, but I don't think I've ever been to Ohio. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to going to Ohio. Good, good, good. Well, like I, we can speak from experience, having done a great deal of work with the human race. That, in terms of development, you're in good hands. So it's, it's you're it, going it's to great love to see Kevin you. and everybody there. Kevin yeah, Moore. No, I, I um, I know that. I've been told that. I spoke to them on the phone. They said everybody seems really wonderful, and it was great. You know, I was um. I'm sure you guys know. It just always amazes me how much development new musicals take. I mean, actually, this, mm-hmm. sure. you know, the show was produced last summer, and it went really well. But uh, I guess one of the big things, there's little script changes, but um, the titles also changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Nine Wives. The musical's always been called Nine Wives after the book, but the fellow at the Lyric in Oklahoma, Michael Barron, and some other people kind of just thought, you know, before this really goes out in the world, that it, it made the, the show see, were, you know, seem too much about like, um, you know, it just didn't speak to what the show was about. It seemed kind of like um, maybe about like uh, King Henry VIII, Nine Wives, oh, or right, right. Okay. maybe a Mormon or something. <laughs> <laughs> and so we changed the title. It's now Man and Wife, M-A-N-N, the main character, Henry Man, M-A-N-N, right. Man and Wife. And, um, seems to fit so that's that's the new title so um so anyway so we have some rewrites in a new title and um, yeah we're very psyched to do that i'm psyched to work on it again you know after last summer so it should be cool well tell us about some of the music and uh the style of music and well, lead us into the first song 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, the style of the music, Doug Cohen wrote the music. We co-wrote the lyrics, and I wrote the script. Um, his music is, I think it's really great. It's kind of traditional music theater, but like really, really great. Maybe like with, um, I'm trying to think who we, uh, you know, it's not really rock-based in that way, but it's more like traditional, like Cy Coleman, Jerry Bach kind of sounding. Um stuff while your viewers and you're about to hear it so um the show opens it's it's the conceit of the show i was called nine wives i had the idea well i could turn this book into a musical and have one woman play all nine wives you know there's nine different wives in the book version of it and that way it'd be this small very producible show uh anyway that conceit has come and gone but now that's in the show so it's a small show it has two men and one woman. And the lead guy is Henry Mann, and he's like this kind of hapless guy. He's very likable, and he's good intention, but he keeps kind of getting in his own way and screwing things up. And the opening song, he's just woken up from coming back from his going to his 12th wedding in 12 uh, months, and none of them his. And <laughs> then in that, and then in that, so he's really bummed. And one of them was his dad's. You know, he's just like really down on his luck. But he's kind of vowing to like turn things around and stop and just kind of get his life together. And right when he's saying that, his best friend Glenn is kind of a I hate putting little labels on people, but for like you know he's kind of like the sidekick ladies man kind of funny guy who okay. lives with him. Um, says, oh, by the way, this invitation just came in the mail and. Henry's love of his life, fiance, is now getting married and has invited Henry to come. So that's kind of like what jump starts the whole plot. That is, so Henry kind of freaks out and he says that, you know, he is going to come and not only that, he's going to find the perfect woman. He's going to find his perfect wife so he can bring it, bring her to his ex fiance's wedding and kind of show his ex fiance how well he's doing and everything. So that kind of fuels the, the show, like, getting started then. Right. So at the end of that opening song, Glenn says, hey, you know, I do know a, a woman for you. Her name is Tamar. I met her in a Starbucks. And, you know, you have certain things in common. And Henry gets all excited, gets really fired up about it. And uh, he calls her up, and they set up a date. And he's just, like, completely psyched and convinced he's going to marry this woman. A lot of the humor of it is just Henry's, like, He's kind of Walter Mitty-ish, you know, he just always is, he's always, his his fantasies are always way, way ahead of reality. Right. Um, and that's where some of the humor comes. Anyway, so this is the first song, he's, um, the, this is him on his date with this Tamar. Now, some things, this is an old demo, I mean, the basic song is still the same, there's a few lines that are changed, that's not a big deal, but, um, you know, there's, um, well, I can say at the end after you play it what's changed and might be interesting. So, but uh, that's the basic setup. And, and the and performers there's, are Steve. There's a little yeah, twist at the end as well. Of the song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with her, her yeah, sexual let orientation. Him, let them listen, yeah, let them listen in. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, been, that's what I could say. That's actually changed. Oh, has it? Okay, well, <laughs> took that out. It afterwards, just felt like, okay. it felt, I don't know. I, to be honest, we changed it so long ago, I don't even remember. <laughs> it just felt like unnecessary, too much, and um, it's, so that's no longer in it, that detail. But um, a lot of the rest of it is kind of the same. So here's and, She's My Wife. And and who is singing this? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, the woman playing Tamar is Heidi Blickenstaff, who's been in a million things and is 
now in uh, Something Rotten right. on Broadway. She's one of the leads. And the guy is an incredibly funny actor named Steve Rosen, who was in the original cast of Spam a lot and, again, a ton of other things I can't even remember. But uh, that's a very good thing about living in New York, even if you're doing a demo. It's kind of a small world, and you can get these really high-end people to come in and do a demo tape awesome. for you. And it's uh, so we're lucky. So they're um, so they're very good. Okay, well, let's give a listen to "She's My Wife." Okay. All right. Now all I have to do is follow Glenn's instructions. No matter how good she looks, how funny she is, how much she knows about politics, art, or Sondheim, I will not, under any circumstances, in any way, imagine our wedding, children, or future life together. Henry? She's my wife. See how beautiful she is, how poised, how warm, how witty. No, no, no. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Henry? What? What? Oh, um... Tamar, hello. Great to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) You too. Oh, I hope you haven't been waiting long. No, no, just got here. Took the subway to a subway to a bus and boom, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my wife, she'll live up to every dream I've ever had. And our wedding invitations will be done by Cartier in ten-point font. We'll have a salsa band, a choice of fish or rack of lamb. Eat escargot in Paris, then score hash in Amsterdam. When she's my wife, a country house I'll build for her. Well, supervise and what a life. First I'll ravish her and then regrow our tub. So I squander time in dating With a chuppah and a rabbi offstage waiting Why delay the children we can be creating? She's my wife, my beautiful wife But a musical based on the great Gatsby? That could be huge! Well, I just finished the finale. It's a big choral number. Boats against the current. Sing it. Sing it? Oh, sure. So we beat on Boats against the current Born back ceaselessly Into the past <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> this is incredible. She appreciates everything about me I want appreciated. She actually likes the fact that I am a starving artist. This is great. God, most of the guys I meet are bankers or lawyers. Are they dull or what? Glenn was right. About what? You're cute. She's my wife. So adventurous, we'll have great sex while jumping out of planes. What a life! And we'll even buy a timeshare in Nepal. See you next weekend? We have to wait that long? House Sunday afternoon. Better. Hey, I had a thought. Your Act One finale. She loves me. Yeah? Why not something upbeat? Didn't Gatsby always wear a pink suit? How about a song about that? Yes, that could work. My pink suit pink suit. There's no substitute for my pink suit. (laughs) How's that? That's great. Good night. Good night. 
My pink suit, it's a beaut, but nothing is cuter than she's my wife. So multicultural that we'll teach our kids to sign in Cantonese. So, how do you top a perfect date? You write the perfect, charming 4 a.m. email. <clears throat> Dearest Glass Onion, your song is in my heart. Thanks for the great evening. Hugs and kisses, Gatsby. It's perfect. It's short, to the point, a masterpiece. Wow, that was fast. She wrote me back. Hey there. I just got your note, and it was sweet. That makes what I'm about to write even harder. She's my... What? I don't know how else to say this, but just to say it. I'm involved with a woman... This isn't good. I thought I was interested in men when we talked on the phone a week ago, but since then, my relationship with Cindy has deepened. Cindy? Don't forget my pink suit. It could be a showstopper. All best. Tomorrow. You're good-looking, you're smart, women love you. You're good-looking, you're smart, women love you. She's my own Daisy Buchanan. But she'll never let a man like Henry Mann in She's my wife My ex-wife Okay <laughs> yeah, When I was listening to it, I thought Okay, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> At the oh, end yeah, of the song, it's it like, oh, wow. Yeah, you know, it's weird. It was That's something that was in the book version of it. And yeah. uh, it's something I never felt. It always felt a little forced, you know, but I needed it for the plot. And then we just decided we could cut it. It's um, It, it wasn't cut because it was too racy or anything. It just right. didn't seem necessary. So <laughs> she just dumps them. I forget, you know, anyway. Um, well, how so, about um, uh, how about um, only a first date? Tell us a little bit about what happens, and we don't want to give away too yeah. much of the plot. We want people to come so to date and see is, it. Yeah, this is like one of the big alice. It's only a first date. Um, so she's my wife. Kind of shows you some of the humor and uh, the way that character is. Now he, um, there's different. There's fantasy women throughout this that Henry kind of meets that he's always very quick to think there's different people he could marry. But there's really three main women in his life in the show. One of them is Tamar, who you just met, and she's my wife, and she comes back later in the show, and she becomes a major love interest. And remember, they're all played by the same actress, which mm -hmm. is kind of fun. The other one is the girl, uh, the woman, I'm sorry, who, uh, like the love of his life, who dumped him and, you know, is getting married, and he wants to go to her wedding with the perfect date to kind of show her up. That's Sheila. And then the third, the kind of girl, I not to give anything away, but the right girl, um, yeah. ultimately, after tons of, you know, stuff, is um, Christine, who uh, works with him at night at this Henry in the show, and his friends are all kind of like starving artists in New York, and he works proofreading at night at a law firm. And he meets Christine there. She's um, a teacher making extra money, a third-grade teacher. And so um, basically he goes on um, 
you know, a little bit into the show, after the thing with Tamar blows up, he goes on a date with Christine where complications ensue, and um, it's it's funny, and he's also, like, Henry is one of the things we're trying to balance in the show, like, that to make him, like, a real guy and overthink things with at the same time keeping him a likable character like it's a funny thing in the show i hope it's funny that he's obsessed or worried that she's a unibrow and he's like upset about that anyway but the date goes well but then for reasons i won't bore you with because it's the whole plot it pretty quickly he kind of blows her off and this is a song like one of the better ballads in the song where this is christine who's just been blown off by henry you know after this great first date kind of singing uh, singing it's only a first date and um, kind of uh, wistfully. And this is Heidi Bluckenstaff again. I'm singing it. Great. Let's give it a listen. Maybe you will never know his favorite band at Woodstock, his favorite film by Hitchcock, the books he's read, his touch in bed. You may never wake up to his homemade cheese frittata. There's not a lot of things. You can claim Cause it's only a first date It's far from a lifetime No investment So there's no return You can laugh at his jokes But you won't meet his folks Cause it's only a first date Maybe we will never ride the in a kayak or bicycle through Nyack, share a view, a Netflix queue. Maybe we will never get to see who wins at ping pong or someday have a song of our own. Cause it's only a first date, a few hours that flew by, though it felt as if there might be more to come. No shared don't pretend that he cared don't be fooled by the stars that lit the sky or was it the light in his eyes by now it should come as no surprise that life doesn't go as planned still it was good to hold his hand Maybe you'll forget how reassuring were his kisses. It's easy to dismiss the whole night. Cause it's only an order. It's hardly an entree. But it kind of dulls the hunger for a while. You'll forget by next week. But remember his smile for its own. It's only a meal, it's only a guy, so come on, get real, there's no chance in hell that he feels what you feel, cause it's only a first date, nothing Um, <laughs> uh, 
Now, the show in Dayton is Saturday, August 8th at 7 yeah. p.m. Um, but you're going to be in Dayton before that. Uh, are you and Doug both going to be in Dayton at the same time? Or? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to be in Dayton the whole, um, once we're, our director can only be there for certain dates, but when the director is there, we're going to see so the rehearsals have been uh, planned around his schedule, so whenever the director, okay. yeah, we're going to be, I'm going to be there for five days, go home for five days, then come back for five days, I think, but I'm, uh, you know, it's, which is unusual and weird, but that's how they're doing it, um, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, you know, it's, it's exciting, it's like, uh, it's also just really exciting, I just thank Dayton and the theater, because um, it's just really hard to develop musicals and to have somebody actually do it and like pay your airfare out there. You know, it's it's a it's a really yeah. great thing. Yeah. And it's great to do it so well and you mentioned yeah, so too I'm, you know something we all know which is how difficult it is and time consuming and long in developing musicals i'm curious compare that a little bit since you have some experience to the publishing world because i would have thought it would have been similar in that way in terms of length of process yeah, that's, it's, that's really a question Nobody's ever asked me that. so um yeah books take a long time i mean um i feel like Theater is great because it's like fun in your, um, you know, it's collaboration and it's just really fun to see everybody's work come together and the camaraderie is great, you know, hanging with, you know, the actors and working with Doug on the show and um, that's really great. But all that really takes time. I thought like with the, with the book, obviously it takes a long time to write it, but let's say however long you take to write it, if, if you get it accepted the only person you have to please at that point, I know that's a good point to get to, is mm -hmm. your editor. It's like you and your editor. And like if your editor says, you know, I think this is done, I don't want any more rewrites, you're done. And then, um, you know, about a year later, it takes six, about a year, you know, they send you, they do all their things, they copy, you get copy edits, you get what the cover's going to look like. It's a children's book, some of the things, maybe some of the pictures. And then, like, the book comes out. But, um, you know, theater, I just feel like, and this is part of the joy and sometimes the frustration, it's like there's so many opinions. You know, there's the producers, there's your collaborator, there's every time there's a new director, a director has huge input into it. See, I, I've learned you have to be really careful to work with a director you really trust. You know, will yeah. <laughs> be, like, you know, guiding you to change things you don't agree with. And, um, and then... Um, I think it's also just the money, the way musicals just have turned into. They're so even, I thought naively, oh, this is a small show, this man and wife, it's three people, can write it quickly and it can just get put on. But I've just been struck um, with this and 13 and other things. I've, I've been working on one other thing you never would have heard of. But um, it just takes so long to get right. I don't, I don't know why it is. Maybe because of all the different elements. It's weird, the musical, if you see a a good musical it, should, mm -hmm. it feels effortless or something it feels like they wrote it quickly but uh <laughs> but um it seems also um just the economics of broadway now and everything it's just there's so much money to be raised and there's right. everybody's nervous so it uh it's hard to get things up to the next level so there's a lot of waiting around so it does take longer but um 
I'd say the main difference is that, you know, with a book, you just, uh, it's one, um, once you get it accepted, it's like just pleasing that one person, an editor, in a way, it, that does, in a way, make it easier, frankly. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like you and, so, anyway. Right. Well, and in terms of publishing as well, particularly in the last 10 years, there's been an explosion of young adult um, everyone's writing yeah. a YA, right? So do you find that now uh, writers, and particularly you, um, gravitate toward that, or is it running from it, do you feel like? Because it's oh, inundated. You know, I don't know. You know, I should know more YA writers than I do. I mean, the fact is, it's it's the first thing I did in my career that was, like, really, that was successful. It's kind of like uh, some of the, that's, you know, that my, um, I'm old enough that I've been, it's, I came by it honestly. It wasn't like, oh, people are doing YA. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. It was just like, uh, you know, I reread Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl when I was like 24. And I kind of, I want to try and write something like this. And I was very into it. So I can't, so no, in fact, I haven't, I haven't done it for a while. I just finished something, the first kind of YA kind of novel I've written in a long time. And so. We'll see what happens. I mean, it doesn't have been published yet. I just, I literally just finished it. But uh, yeah, it does feel like it's really popular. And I think because you know, Hunger Games and Divergent mm -hmm. and Harry Potter and all these things, uh, if something takes off, and I think all those three things are really good, then the publishers, you know, make a lot of money. <laughs> so, right, right, right. Because that's why. And. Uh, yeah, I have to say, I went to Barnes and Noble the other day, and I'm just walking around the kids section, and I was, I was kind of stunned by how many books there are, mm -hmm. you know. And, and and I was stunned in a way like it's so hard when you're lucky enough to have a book published to get it noticed in the way that any writer wants it noticed. Right. That is, I will say, one really good thing about theater, like the thirteen, you know, you know, some people liked it, some people hated it, but. Um, Everybody noticed it, you know, like it's just, you know, it was there, it was reviewed by everybody. It wasn't like just thrown on the shelf and then, you know, right. um, but, uh, yeah, but it, you're right. I was struck at Barnes and Noble the other day. There was a lot of young adult books, a real lot. <laughs> yeah. so, well, um, we, uh, we hope that when you're so in are town, we, are we going to, um, are we gonna? Am I gonna? Are we gonna get together? And are you guys in Dayton? That's uh, yeah. Well, we're we're just north of Dayton, but we we hang around Dayton a lot. We'll uh, okay, we'll, we'll meet up and take you guys meeting. out to dinner at uh, Blind Bob's or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we love it. Doug, you'll love you'll love Doug. Doug is um, composer, and just to extol him a little more, he really is. This is theater's art. He's really talented guy. He's one like a lot of awards. The shows are done like a lot. But again, it's um you know, having something on Broadway is uh thus far uh eluded him. Mm -hmm. But um but he's really good and he's extremely nice and he knows a lot of stuff so you could Excellent. You know, he he would he'd be interesting for you to talk to. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Look forward to meeting him. Um you know and, and I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of friends that are gonna be taking part in that weekend. Oh, yeah. sure. You know it's yeah it's really it's like I, I guess Doug and I, nobody's even asked about the casting. I guess Kevin is just casting it, which is great. 
the people at the theater are casting it. So we don't. You know, mm-hmm. I, well, they just, they do an know. excellent job, and they've got an excellent uh, batch a group of people to pick from usually, and they they don't just stick in downtown Dayton. They go out and about. They'll pull from Chicago and New York and Dayton and Cincinnati and all around. They'll they'll yeah. get they'll get the people that are right for the job. Yeah, no, I really, I'm not just saying this. It's great how many people get so caught up in your being in New York, how many <laughs> people really like musicals around the country and how many talented people there are wherever. I've, I haven't gone that many places when I've done something like this. I've been with, really impressed with the cast. Right, you know, right, right. like talented people over the place. It's like, uh, you know, but, um, well, yeah, so let's, I, I just looked. I, I, we get there on the 26th of July so let's um let's be in touch and i'll look forward to uh, meeting okay great that sounds good all righty so um, thank thanks you. a lot guys and i i look forward to meeting you yes you too have a good evening okay Take all right care. thanks oh. a lot you too yep. okay Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Blueberry. this podcast is a member of the blueberry network blueberry no east that's blueberry b-l-u-b-r-r-y dot com Blueberry.com